0: Debbie, thank you for wearing your diva jacket. (laughs) That was awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, Well, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery uh, for sex addiction, and my name is Scott. Hey, I'm glad that you guys are here with me tonight. Let me pray, and uh, I'll get started on my lesson. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the opportunities that... uh, we have, and tonight we're going to have an opportunity to look at how we can give back what you do through those moments and how you can uh, walk us through it, Lord, that so many of us, when we walked in the room, we were just utterly useless, and through recovery you've been able to transform us, and we can be usable and helpful and a blessing to so many people. So, Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, so tonight we're talking about yes. And so for those those of you that are acronym fiends, it's three letters, it'll be really short, it'll be awesome, and um, we'll get to it eventually. But principle eight is this, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words. Matthew chapter 5 verse 10, which is the Beatitudes, says, Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Do you remember when you were first trying to get sober do you remember your friends that were still trying to get you to use yeah you got persecuted a little bit because you were sober it's tough it's a tough world to live in step 12 says this having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs we all, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter amen to God for his glory. And that is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And that's one of the other step 12 verses that we use. But I want to go back to that step 12. And it says this. And any time we have to change a word, whether it be in scripture because we don't like it, or I would even go as far as in our 12 steps when we change the phrasing of how it is so it fits us and our opinions, it comes to me this idea of acceptance. Is there something about this that it really bothers us to the fact that I can't accept what this is saying? And so when it does say things such as having had a spiritual experience, and we gotta try and change that, or as a result of these steps... We try to carry this message to others, to practice these principles in all our affairs. Are we not willing to accept the fact that God is wanting us to do certain things with that? Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 says this, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. I know there was a lot of you that were like, hey, I thought you were in India. Did you just fly back for tonight? No, no, no. I leave Saturday. I'm not there yet. And I am straightforward. I do not and never have wanted to go to India. I remember Modesto Christian and I'm sitting there and I remember them taking us through this 1040 window. So if you haven't been in church before or you haven't understood missions before, that's okay. But there's this area on longitude and latitude. I'm not sure how it all works. I'm not a, a, a geography major. But there's this 1040 window, which is an area of the globe that is the darkest most unreached people group in the world, the most hostile to Jesus Christ, and that is where India is. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm never going there. (laughs) And Scott Miller was like, go. And I'm like, I avoided it for seven years. Oh, I've got wrestling practice, I got this, I got that, I got this. And this year I couldn't run from it anymore. They moved the trip to fit my schedule. I was like, you jerks. Um, So Saturday, I get on a plane to India to go to the darkest part of the world to tell people about Jesus Christ. And people, are you excited? I'm like, no. (laughs) But I am because here's the thing. I just read a verse that said, who build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one here's somebody who destroyed his family, who destroyed my relationships and my life through pornography, who stepped in the rooms of recovery. And through the journey of step study, after step study, after step study, after step study, study, sponsorship, God transformed my life. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. But he transformed my life. And so when he says, who's willing to stand in the gap? I guess, I guess uh, I will. But here's the question. What gap is God asking you to stand in? Where is God asking you to stand? See, we have these cans here. And what's amazing is we drank the soda, and now there's this thing called recycling this can is utterly useless right now we used to throw this out and put it in the dump field but now we get it we crush it down right yeah. we burn it we melt it down and we make something else out of it shirts. shirts is that what we make out of it i never knew i probably have like an old coke can in here it's awesome <laughs> now i know and no one is half the battle according to gi joe but recycling, God wants to recycle our hurts and our pain in our life. Yes. There is hurt and pain that you have that somebody behind you is going to walk in the room and they need to hear what you have to say. So when you get seven years clean and sober and you go, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to CR tonight. I've heard this message. Yeah, it's the same 12 steps. I get it. I understand. I understand. There's people sitting in the rooms that need to hear your experience, your strength, and your hope. There's people that are walking in that need you. If you're here for the first time and you've got one day clean, there's somebody that's not clean yet that still needs to hear your experience, strength, and hope. He wants to take what we are. He wants to take those hurts and pains, and he wants to recycle it. There was somebody that did not want to share their testimony and we had them share their testimony in our missions meeting and it blew me away. It was amazing. They thought they didn't have a story and I was like, that is an amazing story. When we get back from India, you're sharing it. Can't wait for that, Tammy. Um, (laughs) I just pushed you under the bus, Tammy, sorry. Um, Only if you're willing and you're able and you want to. There you go. Um, The next thing is I remember one of the first, I, I hated reading growing up, I struggled dyslexia, reading was of the devil. I could learn everything I ever needed off TV, and that's, or radio, and that's what I thought. And so I hated reading, but one of the first books I started to read in my Christian world was this book called On the Anvil by Max Licato. Phenomenal book. And it tells this whole story, and just the way Max writes this thing, I've used his name. We're on a first name basis now. Me and Max. um, He takes the steel that's in the corner that's unusable, collecting cobwebs that nobody thought could ever be usable, and he puts it in the fire. And he gets it nice and hot. And he takes us out of that fire, puts us on the anvil, and starts hammering away at us. Hammering out the impurities, hammering out the cracks, getting everything nice and neat. And there's a TV show called Forge of Fire, and that is awesome. That's one of Sam's favorite shows. They make swords and stuff. It's so awesome. But um, on the anvil, the thing is, is we quit. We're standing in the corner collecting cobwebs because we're unusable to God. And we want to jump out there like we're Excalibur. We can't. If we want to get to the point of being LX caliber, we have to be put in that fire, have things heated up. We have to be then placed on that anvil and we have to be hammered out. And then we have to be put in that cold bath and we have to be put back in the fire and we got to be put on the anvil and we got to get hammered out again. Time and time again. Until we are a usable tool for what God wants to use us for. Wrestling. (laughs) I'm full of illustrations tonight, and that's what I'm choosing to spend my time on. Wrestling is one of my favorite sports. I know the high school kids, especially the basketball players, hate it when I walk in the hallway because the first thing I say is I go, can you slam it yet? And they go, no. If you can't slam it by next year, then you're wrestling. That's what I tell every single one of them. (laughs) Got to work on on your hops. And they're all like, coach, we're not doing it. I go, yeah, 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 whatever. But here's the thing, wrestling is an amazing sport. I see guys get on the mat, and the guys that get on the mat and expect to just go out there and win by their natural ability usually fail. And usually they're the guys that quit. They get a weekend, too much hard work, I'm out. We see that in the rooms of recovery. They come in, they get 10 days, they get 20 days, they maybe get close to 30 and they're back out. And they do it time and time again. It's the guys that get on the mat and they put in the hard work and they don't care. The wrestling practices are horrible. I've actually never heard anybody come to me and say, Coach, I really love our practices. <laughs> we run them. They sweat. We, make, we kill their muscles. Then we get them together. And then they start wrestling. And they get cross-faced, which is getting this forearm punched right across their face. Awesome. But that's what they do. They get flipped, they get put in positions that their body doesn't want to be put in and then they get them back up and we run more. And they're drenched in sweat and if they get done with that practice, that's what that practice does. It molds you and it makes you to become the wrestler that you need to be. And they get on the mat and there's just something really cool. When they get that first win, And that hand gets raised in the air. And the smile that they cannot contain any longer. And when we get used by God for the first time, it is going to be an amazing feeling. When you share with another alcoholic, when you share with another codependent, when you share with another sex addict the experience, strength, and hope that you have, it is a feeling that is absolutely amazing because there's so much in my life I felt I was useless and unable to be used by God. But God wants to use us. See, in America, we think pain is useless. We want to get rid of pain. We want to remove it as far away from us as possible. But God wants to use that pain to transform us, that we would work through that pain And we would use that pain to help others. That I would be able to sit and talk with somebody who's struggling with abandonment issues because I remember when I felt abandoned in my life. When I had deep church wounds in my life, and I'm able to sit and listen to somebody else's deep church wounds is huge. There's many of you in this room that have faced abuse. Physical, sexual, emotional. And you have some other person that comes and sits with you. And you can connect with them on a whole other level than other people that have never faced it. Do you remember what it was like to be at that rock bottom? And then the lesson that you learned... So you can help that other person who wants it. That's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to recycle us so that we can help others. The why and, y- and yes is this. Yield myself to God. That we would yield ourselves to God. <laughs> you can go recycle that. She couldn't handle the, the, the soda can sitting there. He's going to kick it. But here's the thing: yield ourselves to God. We're gonna present everything we have to God. That's everything we have. When we go to recovery and we're in recovery, we're working the 12 steps, and we get to step 11, and we get to step 12, and now we're starting to give back, which is all that this is about: is giving back. That's what 12 step is about. We yield ourselves to God, everything. That means that closet that you haven't cleaned out yet in your life, you give everything to God. That rug you haven't swept under, that you sweep everything under, you got to get that and give that to God. That money that you used to use for drugs, you got to be able to give that to God. Sometimes physically, I have had that where somebody was like, dude, I'm going to go spend this on drugs, so let me give it to the church. And that's cool. Better given there than somewhere else. He wants us to give our time. We need to yield our talent. And we need to yield our treasures to God. How many in here know somebody that died of cancer? One of my family members was just diagnosed with it. If you had the cure to cancer, would you not give that away? Would you not give that to that family member that passed away so that they could be cured of it? Well, people are dying daily by drug use. They're dying daily by overdrinking. They're dying daily by pornography and sex addictions, by compulsively overeating. They're dying daily by the addictions that we have and the codependency to control them. So he is asking us, and we need to give our time, our talent, and our treasure. That phone call somebody has, that you would pick up that phone and give them a call back. that you would text them the talent that you have. And we're gonna get to a little bit later, but a lot of you are very, 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 very talented. That you'd give your talent away and your treasure. Great song. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Present yourself to God as one approved, one that has gone through the steps, one that has done the hard work because it works if you work it. That's right. And when you do that, you can, te- you can be tested and approved as one who handles the word of truth, the Bible. There is a phrase that I remember hearing at Saddleback, and it says, get usable and God will use you up. We want to be used so bad. We want to find that worth, that somebody could use what we have to help others Get usable and God will use you up. Get out of the corner collecting cobwebs. Go through the fire. Go through the anvil. Go through that hard work and get usable so God can use you up to help others who are hurting find healing through the power of Jesus Christ. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Galatians 6, 1 through 3. The E in yes is this, that we are the example. Does your walk match your talk? Or are you just a good yes, B does your walk match your talk? I know a lot of guys that love to talk. At wrestling tournaments, we sit back and we watch the guys as they walk in. They get there early, so we get to these tournaments at uh, 6.30 in the morning. We weigh in at 7, so everyone has to be there by 7 o'clock, and we watch them come in. Some of them got these amazing mullets. Some of them have like these awesome like gold shoes, and I always say this, I'm like, hey, they better earn that mullet today. If they don't, you get to shave it. We never do, but I mean, that's just the game we play. And so you gotta earn that stuff. Does your walk match your talk? You can talk a good game of recovery. You've sat in the rooms of recovery for years, but does your walk match the talk? Do your actions show the exact same thing? Or are you still behaving in the same way that you used to? James chapter one, verse 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, But doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Don't be mere listeners of the word, but be doers of the word. Does your lifestyle still represent what you believe? I mean, you might be sober, but are you still hanging out at that same bar? You may be clean off the drugs, but are you still still going to that house where everybody's still doing drugs? You may be good off your sex addiction, but are you still going to that coffee shop that you shouldn't be going to? I don't even know the name of it. I totally forgot of it. Somebody will know it. Bottoms up. That's what it is. Are you still going to those places? Are you still dwelling in those spots? For some of us, we got to change a lot. The e, or the e is example, the S is this, that we would serve others. Amen. Serve others. John 13, 14 and 15 says this, now that I am your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. There's a symbolism that happens when Jesus gets down on his knees and he washes his disciples' feet and he cleans his disciples' feet. The act of serving, that you would actually serve other people's needs and meet their needs. Serve them, love them, care for them. There's lots of places that you can give back. I remember going to my first AA meeting I remember sitting there, and I know you're like, Scott, you're not an alcoholic. I know. But I still go to a, an AA meeting. I remember sitting there, and my sponsor at the time goes, Just say you're an addict, it'll be okay. Because I was freaking out. So I said I was an addict, it was okay. But he there's this part in the, the middle of the meeting where they do this tradition and they pass a basket, and he goes, Always bring a dollar. And so I'd always bring a dollar. And there would be this basket that would go by, and I'd put a dollar in there. He goes, you don't have to say anything, you don't have to do anything, but one thing you need to do, always bring a dollar. Put a dollar in it. He goes, you can bring more. Always bring a dollar. Put a dollar in it. When we start to understand that uh, the amount of time and money and stuff we wasted on our addictions... To give back to a ministry or to give back to something that's helping us get clean and sober is a drop in the bucket. That we would take an opportunity to give is huge. That's why we put out the baskets every week, so that we can continue to give back to our ministry and that we can continue to do what we do. There's other things that we have. This church actually is in the process of a capital campaign. And what that means is that there are some buildings that need to be replaced. Is it the right time? No. But the buildings are starting to go away and they will become an issue. And we, it's one of those decisions. Do you keep pouring money into this building that keeps falling apart and you've got to keep putting it back together or do you invest in a new building? And so we're investing in a new building. We're investing in this building so that we can uh, build a place that in the future Children can learn about Jesus Christ. They can learn and find a safe place to go and learn Bible stories and be cared for by their leaders and play games and worship God. Could they do that in the, in the portables? Sure they can. But it provides a place that uh, later will, will meet a, a far greater need and, and outlast those portables. And this uh, campaign, as you see, it's called Built to Last. We haven't mentioned it a whole lot in here, but if you've been coming on our weekend services, you know about it, and uh, it's a great place to give. Many of us are blessed in here, and so if you have an opportunity and you want to, there's a, I have some information on what that would look like, but that uh, you guys could give to help build that building that we would even be able to use to see our ministry on Tuesday nights for many, many things, and so there's a some information I have. If you want more information, I have it. I'd love to give it to you. And that you guys could commit for a period of time of getting, giving some money back. Um, that's just one of the ways that you can give. There's places that you can serve around here. And one of the ways that we do that is we have this wonderful sheet that's at our information desk. It's called a leader information sheet. We are very creative around here. It came up with a really cool name. So this leader information sheet You just fill this out, and you turn it in. Now, there's certain things that maybe you don't necessarily need this for, but it's always helpful. But if you wanted to be, like, on the dessert team, yeah, cutting up the cake and the pies and stuff like that and serving them to people, you don't necessarily need this filled out. We just need to talk and and get that set away. But this is always beneficial. On this gives us your information, tells us a little bit about who you are, Tells us about your recovery area, a little short testimony, and where you want to serve. And somebody that would vouch for you and give a reference, so they would be like your sponsor or your accountability partners that would be on here, and that would give us a spot that we could do that. But there's lots of places that you can serve. The very first place that you can serve is this, by going to group. And when you're in group, by sharing. That is the very first basic level, beginner level share, is sharing group. Because you have something that the other people in that room need to hear. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. There's many times I've tried to be quiet through the whole thing. I can't. I know there's other people that go, and they can be quiet for months, years, and never say a word. Share. You have something that other people need to hear. Some of the other areas that you can serve is by being somebody's sponsor. By sponsoring somebody that's been in the program and you've gone through the program, you've done those things by sharing your testimony. I'm gonna go in the order of up here because it's different than the order on my sheet, but open, uh, share an open share group. Attend community meetings and share. Go to the NA meetings, go to the AA meetings, go to OA, go to SA and share. Go to those. Be somebody's accountability partner or sponsor. Give your testimony. You, if you've gone through the steps, you've got a story to share, so let's write it down and let's share it with somebody. Join the children or the uh, children's ministry or join Rock Solid Kids or join the landing, helping sponsor that. That's when I started getting into my addiction was when I was in high school. It was really getting root in my life And we need a place that these people can start to find healing. And you could be a person maybe serving once a month. We just had a couple commit to signing up and doing once a month in the landing. That's huge. That's a huge relief and great support. You too could do that. Join the greeting team. You got a good smile. You're friendly. If you're a grouch, probably not the area to serve in. But you're here. No name tag? No, you're not. Right? But if you are smiley, that's a great place for you to serve. Hey, can I get you a name tag? Yeah, it's so good there. That's why Debbie's so good up there. She's got her pink jacket, and everyone's like, "What in the world is happening?" But we need people for that. Yes, it's happy. Um, We need people on the food team. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are entering in, in a few short weeks, we will be pulling out the grill and we will start to barbecue. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like it's almost Old Testament time where we're offering that sacrifice up to God and the aroma of that is a pleasing offering to him. I think it's awesome. The chicken and the beef. Oh, it's so good. And so we need people to help out grilling and, and, and preparing the food and all that stuff. Being a part of the dessert team, and that's at the end of the night, whether it's purchasing the desserts or whether it's uh, getting them cut and put out, right? We need people part of the prayer team, the jail ministry team. Do you know that we have people that actually go into prisons and talk to people that are there because they need Jesus and they need recovery? Yeah. That's crazy. You need to fill out one of those sheets. They need to turn it in. So we can get you connected with it. Right, Kathy? Invite someone to see our. Yes. Be that voice in the community to bring them here. Yes. Serve other places in the church or community. Serve on the weekends. The Serve in the cafe. Audio visual team. Audio-visual team. Wow. Run a camera. It's hard to find uh, help that's quiet these days. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody to help with the slides. We need people all over the place. We need place, people to serve. A lot of times, I come out and there's nobody to bring up my my, my podium. We need a podium monkey. We need ah, bah, and then they run back. It's that simple, right? Got you. <laughs> Larry's like, I got you, right? Most importantly, just know that you're loved, you're cared for, keep working the steps. It works if you work it. Remember this, though. That's right. You can't keep it unless you give it away. So find a place to give it away. Find a place to give back. Let's stand and close our time with the serenity prayer. Our focus question of the night is, have you been able to reach out to another recovering addict or codependent if so, describe the situation how it felt to you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen.